Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast following two game dev scrubs into game devdom. If we can do it, you can too. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. And again, you guys might be noticing a trend here, but we're trying to get as many inspirational, awesome game devs in here as we possibly can. We are joined by the the mind behind Game Dev Underground. Maybe you've heard of him, Tim Ruswick. Go ahead and say hey. How's it going? How's everybody doing? Yeah, doing great, man. Yeah. So happy to have you here. Um, thanks for f- f- scraping out some time out of your schedule and fitting us in. No problem. You're over uh, East Coast, right? Tennessee? Florida, No, right? not Tennessee. Florida? Florida. I'm on the West Coast of Florida, but technically East Coast United States. I'm actually right. going to Florida next week, <laughs> by the way. Sweet. Yeah, nice. it's a good time because it gets yeah. hot in about a month and you don't ever <laughs> want to go near here. That's what I've God. heard. Yeah, I've never been. I went been. to Florida like in between August and September and that was like the worst. I was like, who told me to do this? <laughs> you can't like, it's not made for humans out there. I don't mm, understand no, it. No. Oh, this is how we got cheap airfare. Oh, I get it. Every All the Floridians are like going somewhere else for a month and we're coming in. <laughs> pretty, yeah, much. pretty much. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah. So, Tim, do ahead. you want to explain a little bit about what Game Dev Underground is um, and what you're up to over there? <laughs> yeah. So, Game Dev Underground is a community and a YouTube channel uh, built around the idea that more people should finish games. So, like, for me personally, my biggest struggle in life was never the technical challenge of making games. Like, I was a programmer. I learned line by line how to code from, like, Googling stuff on Stack Overflow. You know, like, I always had that needed me to build stuff and I always figured it out but it was the motivation behind it that stopped me it was the people that told me that I couldn't do it it was not seeing it as a viable job that stopped me it was like people telling me to get a real job stuff like it was just like everything around the technical aspect of making games that stopped me from making games so the community and the the YouTube channel and all that stuff is founded on the idea that we should share all this other knowledge, right? Like you can Google Unity tutorials, you can look up game engines, you could do all this, especially nowadays. There's so many ways to make games. But this is all the psychological stuff. This is all the stuff behind the scenes. This is all the stuff that no one else talks about that I wanted to kind of start having a conversation around. So it's it's been awesome. We've been at it for, a lot of people don't know this, but it actually started when I was 18, over 10 years ago. That was when the first idea wow. came up for it. Uh, and then I actually started Game Devonary about five years ago, and I started the YouTube channel about a year and three months ago. And that's when it really started taking off, is when I started actually sharing my opinions and thoughts on the subject, uh, versus just trying to create a community. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, if, it seems like you've really kind of blown up in the last year, That at least that I've kind of been around you. Um, and yeah. probably, I would say, partially because you're doing... Are you still doing a video a day? Yeah, I'm on yeah. day 333. Wow. Ooh, nice. That is so crazy. So how do you like? How do you manage to keep that up and keep out, keep putting out that amount of content and keep up the quality? Because like looking at your YouTube chan- channel, you have 
a video on just about anything a game dev could have a question about that's outside of specific technical needs. Um, So how do you come up with your ideas? Like I do a daily challenge uh, in our discord and I have a really hard time coming up with a a challenge a day. How do you like they like really roasted him today because he didn't have one. <laughs> yeah, I was late a little bit and everyone's like, hey, where are you at? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's rough sometimes, not going to yeah. lie. So when I started, I actually started this as like a 30-day challenge. Like, okay, I'm going to do this every day for 30 days. And that was partially like a self-improvement kind of thing because my whole life I haven't been consistent. I had struggled with that consistency. I've struggled with the ability to, you know, do stuff like that. And that was something that really scared me. The idea, how do I come up with an idea every day for 30 days? So what I did was I just spent like two days coming up with all the ideas that I could. I wrote everything down and I ended up with like 110 some ideas. So the first like three months of it were actually just, you know, I already had ideas on a paper because uh, I had sent done that because that was – this is something I learned for Tim Ferriss too, is like, whenever you're scared of something, you should immediately tackle that thing first. And that was what I was scared of running out of ideas. Okay. We just tackle that. Like, boom, then I can't run out of ideas. Right. Um, that kicked back in when I ran out of ideas (laughs) and I had to, had to go on that. But the, the ideas, I think for me, when I started doing it so consistently and I started doing it, I started seeing ideas in places that, I didn't normally see it. I started breaking stuff down even further than anyone had ever broken stuff down before, right? Like, um, you don't just talk about the general game development. You don't just talk about general productivity. You talk about specifically 10 ways to get over overwhelm. You talk about, you know, specifically the individual pieces. And it took a couple months to kind of get in that groove and do that. And then there was some slumps along the way, too, of just... I think I went through a little bit of like depression, a little bit of burnout, um, a lot of stuff. And so the quality did kind of go down. Uh, but like, and, and a lot of people would say like, Tim, you know, some were nicer than others, but they'd be like, Tim, the, the quality's declining or whatever. Um, and what I would tell people is like, some days the, the dis- decision is not between, should I make a good video or should I make a bad video? Sometimes the decision is between should I make a bad video or should I make no video at all? And so I just, right. I had to make a bad video, you know? Um, and there's been a couple times where I've made like videos. I'm just like, no, please don't watch that. It's horrible. <laughs> but Dragon Ball anybody... Z fluff episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, a, there was a video specifically I made on color theory. And it was in the middle of like this bullshit I was going through. And like, it was just... I, I didn't mean to make a video about color theory, but I wanted to make a video about like the importance of just picking colors, right? Because if you look at some of these simple mobile games or stuff like that, and then you look at like really crappy games that you just wouldn't want to play, a lot of them can be very similar, like these one mechanic, super simple games. But the ones that look beautiful are the ones that pick their colors, right? Right. So that's kind of yeah. what I wanted to stress. And I made a video and I ended up just titling something like color theory. And uh, it someone reposted it on Reddit. And he got to like the top of Reddit, but it was like the shittiest video I've ever done because it was like basically pick the right colors. And I told people to Google stuff and like, like it was just, it, I felt so embarrassed and it got to the top of Reddit and everybody was just destroying it. And I was like, oh, you know, it's super discouraging when stuff like it happens, but you can't let it stop you. You can't let it discourage you. That's the yeah. main thing. That's awesome. So when you're, when you're kind of getting um down to a more granular level on these topics are you 
I mean, are you spending a lot of time researching? Um, are, are you doing a lot of Googling or are you relying a lot on like personal experience? Um, cause it's just like, I don't know, you just have a plethora of things you you're talking about. Yeah. It started all from personal experience. Um, and cause when I started like the first things, cause I ran a marketing company for a couple of years. So the first videos that I posted were all about marketing. And then I posted a lot about software development and, uh, productivity and like the mindset stuff. Cause that was all stuff that I had went through and I was kind of sharing. Uh, it was a lot of stuff that I read in books or that I learned the hard way. Um, it's getting harder to do that now. Cause I feel like I've talked about most of the subjects that I have experience in. So a lot of times now I am doing some basic research of trying to look up stuff. And sometimes like I've been doing a lot of tip videos lately, uh, kind of combining a lot of content. So people, it's like a more condensed version of it. So people that don't want to watch the whole, you know, 10, 15 minutes of me talking about one subject, they can watch a 10 or 15 minute of it that hits 10 things. Um, and sometimes that requires a little bit of Googling. I'll, I'll check and I'll see if there's anything that I missed or I'm not thinking of or whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, the more the more that I f- do this, I feel like the more I'm getting into territories that I don't have experience in. So I'm trying to learn that stuff and share it. Right. Well, I think there's a lot that, to. Oh, go ahead, Rhett. I was just gonna say you do. You know how how beneficial do you find that versus like in you know because sometimes I think when a lot of people they hear like oh, I gotta like do some googling or light research to get ready to talk about something they feel like it's a waste of time. You know, versus some other people, you know, they find it beneficial. But how do you like find that ratio yourself? Well, I mean, if I would have done that in the color theory video, I would have felt 10,000 times better. You know, (laughs) just like a quick Google search in five minutes of like tips. Um, So, yeah, like I totally I'm I enjoy it, but also like I like learning as one thing. So there's that. But then also I feel like I have this like teacher inside of me like i just feel like i'm that's part of me so i also think that learning something and then immediately teaching it in a weird way kind of helps me learn it absolutely Uh, yeah have you guys experienced that as well yeah i'm kind of the same way i if i can uh, i remember learning that actually like when i was i took a theater call uh course in college and it was like I remember having to read all about all these different products and then basically give what would be like a marketing pitch about these products. And I didn't do any research. I didn't do anything. I just kind of like looked over the bullet points of the information provided on these things. But then I found like the more that I regurgitated the information, it's like you really polish it down. And then it's like, then you know the fluff from the, you know, the actual yeah. stuff that's you need to know. And I, so that's kind of how I'm the same way. At least I try to be. Well, you know, what's funny too, is I've learned running a marketing company for five years, um, learning how to land clients, learning how to interact with people from, from an outsider's perspective. Right. Cause I was never good socially. I had to like study people. Like what did that guy do at the bar when he walked over to the other person and he made a friend. Like, how did he do that? What did he say? <laughs> you know, going through all that has taught me how to, I think, communicate somewhat effectively. And part of that, too, just kind of gives me this ability to, like, just bullshit. Like, I could just talk <laughs> for, like, 10 minutes on whatever. Even if there's, like, a little piece of information, I can, like, expand on it for 10 minutes, right? So nice. I think part of that has actually been a disadvantage in YouTube because I have that ability to sit down in front of a camera 
and bullshit for 10 minutes <laughs> and I can like do that. So like, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, I could totally just get it done in 10 minutes or I could do a little bit of extra research and try and like really help. So like I have been trying to do that more and really try and pack the stuff full of informational, useful stuff. And there was a slump where, you know, I, th- the quality went down because of that, but that's one of those personal struggles, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's all part of content creation because like I find that with our podcasts and with streaming as well, where sometimes you just don't really feel it and you you become less confident. You're like questioning what, what you're actually talking about. So yeah. I think that's just part of it. But I think that's an important step um, in putting out content because then you know, you know when you're on and when you're off and you know oh, yeah. kind of how you can improve in the future. So like knowing knowing about that, how the preparation is going to make your content better is is pretty big. You know, like lately, Rhett and I, we haven't had a lot of, uh, (laughs) a lot of time to like catch up beforehand. And so a lot of our podcasts, we just kind of like shoot the shit and figure out where we're going while we're going. (laughs) And sometimes it, it becomes like this magical thing where I feel like we're onto something cool, but then other times we're kind of just like, (laughs) <laughs> going nowhere spinning yeah, in circles it's, it's weird creatively how that happened like there are some times where i literally just sit down in front of a camera i don't have an idea i hit record <laughs> and i just start talking yeah and it's like i said it's a blessing and a curse because one i can get shit done right like i can just yeah. keep going but two yeah like i think because i know i have that ability and like sometimes it's harder for me to actually go the other route and actually do the research and like look at stuff and do all that right it kind of reminds me Sorry, Rhett. It kind of, Go ahead. Rhett and I used to play in bands together. And a lot of yeah, times it reminds me of like jamming with your buddies. You yeah. know, sometimes you sit down, you just like, you know, you kick a beat, whatever, and people are riffing off of what you're doing. And it sounds great. Other times you should have practiced what you, what you know, you know, rather <laughs> That's than. That's a great uh, example. Yeah. It, goes, it goes the other way too. Because like, remember, remember like before we, we were going to like go to that janky studio and, and we all agreed without Kurt that we would practice for five days straight beforehand. And we only ran the songs that we were recording. And by the time we were done, it was like we all hated each other. <laughs> and like one day Kurt showed up and he's like, can't we just jam a little bit and just see what happens? We're like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have to do this. Structured, you know? Then it's even worse almost. Oh, dude, it was worse. And it yeah. obvi- like our recordings turned out great. And, you know, we had to we had like a set time. We had to do it. We had to do it live all this way. So it was like practice went went very well for us but by the time we were done i think it like did irreparable damage to what our <laughs> overall goal was you know you, like the more i live life the longer that i live life i start to see like growing up i always saw things in black and white like it's this or that you practice or you don't you do this whatever mm-hmm. but like i'm just starting to see things in many shades of gray like there's mm-hmm. no stuff like that i think you need both and some people need more than others some people have to practice a little bit 80 percent of the time some people have to bullshit 80 percent of the time some people have yeah. to just go with it um and that's why like i have a lot of videos on my channel that directly contradict one another and that's because i think both of those things can be true at the same time for different people Right. You know, totally. You a, uh, are you a Star Trek fan, Tim? A little bit. I wouldn't call myself hardcore, but I'm well, a- I, I live my life, uh, <laughs> how I think that Captain Jean-Luc Picard would like me to live it. <laughs> and, uh, one of his, one of his little axioms that he, that he uses, one of my favorites, uh, he says that life, um, is an exercise in making exceptions. Yeah. And, that's a beautiful um, quote. yeah. 
So I, I, I utilize that one every day. When I think something's rigid or black and white, there's an exception somewhere in there. Doesn't necessarily Always prove is. the rule, but... I get comments all the time, like people straight up disagreeing with me and giving me actual examples of where I'm wrong. And I'm like, you're 100% in that example, <laughs> yes. But that doesn't change, like, you know, everything that I said. Like, I, I made a video the other day about focusing on your strengths, completely ignoring your weaknesses right. and just doing what you're good at. And for people that don't know what their strengths are, that is 100% wrong advice. You know, like you need to experiment a lot in life. You need to figure out the things you like to do and all that. But for the people that need to hear that, I needed to hear that like a couple years ago, right? Like I've been good at certain things my entire life and I've spent a lot of my life trying to balance out and get better at the things that I'm not so good at. But the second I doubled down on something I was good at, like with Game Dev Underground or with YouTube or the other stuff, like it's just the results speak for themselves, right? Like it just, it works so much better when you just ignore everything you're bad at. Like I can't be a Mark Brown. I can't be an extra credits. I'm going to be a Tim Russwick. And the second I do that, like everything starts working. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you find that, uh, real quick, I just want <laughs> sorry, to take no, 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 that a little around, tangent. Sorry. So do you find, cause we were talking a little bit about how you, you've got what I've always called, I guess the podcasting muscle, because that's what I do. I podcast. So you sit down in front of the camera and you start going. And then before you realize you're like, Oh God, I just talked for way too long. Yeah. And you were saying how it could be challenging in social situations. Have you ever like gone to a party or something or some social event? And by time you leave, you're like, Oh God, I forgot to like, Make that a conversation. <laughs> All the time, dude. You know, but be, to be honest, in social situations, a lot of time I go the opposite. I just kind of shut up. Uh, so, like, like, and again, doing marketing, like, there's the on me and there's off me. There's, like, the, right. the person that can be the super extrovert and then there's the person that just doesn't like i would legit rather just keep asking you questions and have you talk about yourself for an hour you know like I'm, i got really good at that so nice. yeah there's sometimes where yeah totally um and there's sometimes that like i wonder if there's you know um if i could have said something better or if if someone does give me talking, sometimes I wonder like, oh, did I do too much or did i make them feel like i was just talking at them um yeah, it's – I don't know. I, I try not to – I overthink things a lot. So I just try and do things without thinking as much as I can because that's the <laughs> yeah. only way things get done. I've had I've had family before when I'm talking to them at you know, holidays or whatever. They're like, Rhett, I'm not on your podcast right now. It's like, oh, <laughs> right. Okay. We're surrounded it's, by friends and warmth and Christmas lights. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the problem has maybe been amplified since I started YouTube because right on. I remember my first couple of videos, it was hard to talk for 10 minutes. And then now it's like, it's hard for me to do something less than 15. I've had to start cutting, doing jump cuts and stuff to keep <laughs> yeah. the video shorter. Yeah, I always have a hard time uh, just getting started. That's why I let Rhett do the introductions. Yeah. Like, I gotta, I have a really hard time breaking the ice, and then I feel like once the ice is broken, then like I tell you my whole life story. And, <laughs> you know, we're best friends. So. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, um, shoot, I don't remember what I was gonna ask. So sorry. I was gonna ask. So you said that you kind of started Game Dev Underground when you were eighteen. How right. has how has that changed? And I guess what were you doing at that time, to where Game Dev Underground had basically already been a concept? 
Okay, so we'll walk you through the evolution of it. Um, when I was 18, I had this idea for a MySpace for people's games. Oh, nice. That, that was my idea. Because I was like, there's MySpace for people's profiles, but like, I want a MySpace for my game. I want a page for my game. There's nothing else, else out there like it, right? Itch filled that space. Had I been, had I been better at it, I would have created Itch, essentially. Uh, but I, I was trying to download Joomla, like these CMS things and trying to get it all work. I had like this real estate plugin that I was using to try and make the pages. And I just, I wasn't technically able to pull it off. And then I didn't know the marketing, so I couldn't get people to use it. And it was confusing and big and bulky and all that. Uh, so I kind of just put it on the back burner, started my marketing company, started working on that, built a couple startups, started learning PHP and all that stuff. Um, got better at that part of it. And I finally went back to it in like 2013 and I, the, the revised version of it was, I'm going to make people's landing pages for their game. Now, like now that I know marketing, I'm going to create this th- platform that can help people market their games. It's a really good idea. Well, yeah. if you don't mind me asking what, when you were doing marketing, like what kind of marketing were you doing? What sorts of things were you marketing? So it was digital marketing. I, I oh, started, okay. I actually started because I wrote a piece of software for game developers for this engine called FPS Creator. And back then, FPS Creator was awesome. You could drag and drop and make FPS games, but you could only use their assets. So my software took your assets, it added scripts to it, it added all the different stuff, and it exported to FPS Creator so you could import your own assets, basically. Your characters, wow. weapons, everything. And it just, it was oh, beautiful. I sold it online for five bucks and nobody bought it. And I got upset. I was like, I spent so much of my time working on this and nobody bought it. So I was like, all right, I started looking up marketing books. I started reading everything, changed the page around. And I actually, since I put so much work into it, I was just like, you know what? Forget this. If nobody's going to buy it, I might as well charge what I think it's worth. So I raised the price to $29, uh, did a bunch of marketing and it started selling like crazy. Oh, nice. Like, I made like six figures in, in a couple years and it was like ridiculous. <laughs> it was insane. It was like, I used to make a joke because I had this PayPal card and uh, the card never ran out of money because people would just keep <laughs> buying it. And I was just like, I don't, like I'm buying all these groceries and stuff. It just never runs out of money. It was insane. So my dad actually was bragging to one of his friends that owned a real estate company about that. And he was like, well, we could use him. So um, I was visiting my dad out in LA and the guy wanted me to come talk to him. So I went and talked to him and he offered me um, a place to stay because they owned real estate. They offered me like a loft in LA uh, in exchange for marketing. Like there was no pay, but he would give me like a, basically a $3,000 a month, like epic <laughs> LA loft. So I basically just moved in with a suitcase and never went back to Florida. Wow. Um, and I, I became the marketing person for 18 of their properties uh, because I was like so dedicated to like, you know, making progress for them, even though I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was pretending I did. And I learned everything along the way. And then because of that, I was able to move into like digital marketing, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, do some Reddit, do some email stuff, do some SEO. And I could use all those properties as like a portfolio. So getting clients, I had, but I, there was still a social struggle there. Like I had to learn how to talk to people. I had to learn how to sell people and stuff. So once I started doing all that, then, you know, I already had a client base. I could show the client base. I could show the results. And, um, I went from there and I ended up getting more and more into during the end of the company. Uh, well, I say the end, but like right before I sold it, um, 
we were starting to get more into like software development. We were doing web applications, we were doing apps, we were doing stuff like that. And um, I was marketing a lot of those products as well, like games and, and stuff like that. And I still think like there's <laughs> game developers tend to mark suck at marketing. So I still think there's something there. And I talk a lot about marketing on the channel, but it's just weird that to me, the content worked better than any other technology that I ever tried to build by far. So, I mean, I guess it's not weird because it always content tends to work for companies, but I just, I never saw myself as like the content person, you know, I saw myself right. as more the marketing person, but it was an interesting journey for sure. Yeah. It sounds crazy. Nice. <laughs> so like getting into marketing and things like that, like obviously I mean, having 19,000 subs on YouTube and all of this cool stuff going on, what, do you have, if you could give the, the, the rookie, the beginner, the noob that's coming up into anything, let's, but I guess what's the number one marketing tip that you could give that person? The number one marketing tip. <laughs> it's like the, the like thing which that, one would that have, can let's never say, exist. <laughs> Let's just say the one that has like the highest, I guess, like payout to like work ratio. You got to learn to promote your shit. Like that's straight up like, okay. Cause when I started my channel, I had to work like hell for every single view. I had to push my videos out everywhere. I had to on the Facebook groups, on forums, on Reddit, on everywhere. I had to fight with people telling me I didn't know what I was talking about and I only have five subs, so why should they listen to me? I had to like, it was, it was, I spent quadruple the amount of time promoting the video than I did making the video. And at that time, the first videos I posted were taking me about eight hours each because they were like animated whiteboard videos and stuff because I still didn't wow. see myself as the person, right? Like I was just, I was trying to create the content. So, yeah, we're talking days of marketing for one day of a video. Um, and that's with marketing knowledge, man. That's with me right. knowing what the hell I'm doing. If you don't know what the hell you're doing, it's going to take even longer. And you got to be ready for that. So do you find that, like, pushing just, like, I, 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 I guess, like, obviously, like, pushing social media and things like that, do you have success like reaching out to individuals saying like, Hey man, I got this thing. I think you really like this video. I think it caters directly to you. Like maybe you're just surfing Twitter or something or whatever it might be. And you see a person who is talking about or questioning that topic that you just did. I mean, do you have success with that type of thing? I think in the beginning you have to do stuff like that. You have to do yeah. stuff that doesn't quite scale. Um, Cause nobody knows who you are. Nobody cares. Right. So, Every view is is super important. And I'll tell you probably you asked for the single tip. I mean, besides you have to become like a marketer, right? Like people think marketer is a bad term and they look down on that term like it's it's somebody like I have people all the time. Like I have literally a dude that tags me in Discord like all the time calling me a marketer. And I'm like, <laughs> if, if that's a good thing. That's a badge of honor. I am so glad yeah, that I have that skill set. Yeah, like I'm sorry that you you see that as an insult. I I feel bad for you when you release your game because it's gonna suck, man. But uh, uh it's that's you great. know it's one of those things like like one of the biggest tips I guess that I can say uh, that marketing taught me was headlines. Learning the art of 
of headlines. Because if you look at like Reddit or you look at even YouTube, for example, the thing that makes them click is what you call the video. And a lot of people, they'll focus on the video or they'll focus on their Reddit post or they'll focus on, you know, whatever. But those like, you know, five to 25 words are the most important words in the whole thing. Like when I got to the the, the front page of Reddit with my game, Philophobia, um, I spent four hours on the headline. Like this, we're talking 10 words. I spent four hours getting those oh, 10 yeah. words perfect, right? That that took more time than the actual GIF that I posted. Uh, and that got me like 150,000 eyeballs. That wow. got me, you know, thousands of people signing up to my email list. But nice. headlines are super, super important. Uh, and if anybody wants to know a good book to read headlines, there's a book called The, the Ultimate Sales Letter by Dan Kennedy. It was a book uh, written in the 80s for direct mail. And it's probably the last book that you would ever – pick up if you, you know, we're trying to learn this stuff, but the things that you learn in that book are essential because a lot of people, they'll write the headline based on what their topic is about, right? Like I'll see, I see people on YouTube all the time. They'll, they'll say the whole video, they'll say the whole video in the title. It's like, okay, well then you don't need to watch the video. (laughs) If you, if I say my opinion right there, like, you know, that's not point, but you got, you got to get good at like, Understanding what makes people click, understanding – like not saying you shouldn't make clickbait. I think the difference between clickbait and a good title is that a good title actually delivers in the content. Right. Clickbait doesn't deliver. Um, people seem to confuse those. I don't know. I get accused of making clickbait titles, but I actually deliver everything that I say I'm going to do. So I don't get it. But headlines are important, man. It's one so, of those biggest skills. So things where you're talking about like, you know, this is a two – 2D roguelite, blah, blah, blah. Those kind of things are not great then, I guess. Or what do you mind sharing what your tagline is or your headline is? Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a good example. Like we, let's use my philophobia post on, on Valentine's day. Like one, I think headline and timing are, are critical. I posted a game about the fear of love on Valentine's day. So right there, I've got something, right? That's just me thinking ahead. Two, I talk about something that's very critical to people that feel very greatly on Valentine's Day. I talk about a breakup, right? So I talk, I, the, I, the actual title of the post was like, um, I don't remember what the exact headline was, but it was like, went through a really rough breakup. Uh, so I made a game about where love is literal hell, <laughs> right? So, and it took me a long time to get to break that down into that many words. It's short, it's concise. But as you can imagine, the, with the context of the timing on Valentine's Day, uh, you know, that resonated a lot with people. Yeah, who's right? going to be on Reddit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I could have I could have very easily posted um, the title of my game, which a lot of people do. Um, that wouldn't have gotten anywhere near what I got, right? I could have posted the story of my game, which I didn't touch on at all. Uh, a lot of people do that too, but that wouldn't have gotten anywhere near what I got. But what I posted was the story behind why I made the game. That's what I posted. It really had nothing to do with the game. Uh, it was just that little, I, to- I told as much of the story as I could in that like five or 10 words. Uh, and I think a lot of people underestimate the power of story. People care about story. They want to understand story. And 
so many developers are focused on marketing to other developers. Right. They forget to market to other <laughs> to people that would be interested, right? Yeah. And like for me, yeah, my target audience is people that have been through some of maybe these rough relationships. Not necessarily people that like platformers, not necessarily, you know, this. I think my story resonates it's it's kind of a a tale of this dude that goes through this really rough thing that destroys him. It's kind of a tale of redemption. So I knew that would resonate and that's what I acted on and it worked out really well. Nice. Yeah. And I was thinking the whole time, cause uh, you know, earlier um, we talked a little bit about uh, philophobia last time we talked with you when we had Chris and uh, Alana on with uh, yeah. all of us. And uh, I, I went back just to see, and I went to your website, philophobiagame.com and I was thinking the whole time from the get-go, I was like, damn, this is like, it's it, it's so, it feels so like polished and like almost targeted, you know, it's like the artwork is so gorgeous and all this stuff. And then, you know, me and Taylor were watching the trailer earlier. Oh, please don't watch and, the trailer. Oh my God. Well, don't, <laughs> I'm so don't, embarrassed of that trailer. See, and it, it looks like the game has come a long way since the trailer, it, but yeah, even still. I need still, a new trailer. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's what <laughs> we were. I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was like, does he like compared to your little uh, like clip you had at, at the top? I was like, this is outdated, but it still <laughs> looks great. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, nice, it's. Still, <laughs> I mean, outdated in the sense that like now there's a character sprite and other yeah. things. Yeah. You know, like in the trailer, it's a square. No, but um, the the landing page just really grabs you. Yes, yes, I, and. That's what I was going for. It's just like the the idea that it grabs you. And even like, you know, I knew of the game and uh, all that. I had seen your Reddit post and I, of course, talked with you a little bit uh, a couple months ago. But yeah, just the landing page for the game itself. It's like, oh, shit, this game looks intense. Oh, shit. You know, it's like elicited all sorts of emotions. So I yeah. was impressed. That's what it's designed to do, ultimately. Like the... Even even with the squares, like you, like that was the original game. That's actually what I plan on releasing, and I'm extremely embarrassed of that now. But even with that, I tried to get the emotion across, right? Like I tried to get the story across. I tried to get what was happening. And that's one of those things playing to my strengths. Like when I made that, when I made the original game, I didn't have any art ability whatsoever. I only had programming ability, and I knew I wanted to tell the story. It was inspired by, you know, a real event in my life. I felt like compelled to make this game and um the original game was actually a lot darker uh, things you can get away with cubes are a lot <laughs> a lot deeper and darker than you can with like humanoid characters um and, and you know i've been through some experiences in my life right like i'm actually in i'm in a relationship now uh which is you know the game was inspired by a breakup so that gets that's a little weird sometimes uh but like it's my perspective on it has changed and I think the art has kind of changed to reflect that. It's still a deep emotional story. It's still, you know, very much rooted in some personal experiences, but I felt like the art, I didn't really change the art to make a better game. I felt like I needed to change the art to get the point across more. And I, I feel like it does that. And I feel like the landing page is a good, example of it just it shows off what's cool about it in five it seconds yeah it, it really does. does and i had i watched the video and i at first i didn't even realize that the, the art was different to be honest i was like wow <laughs> this video is kind of cool <laughs> but uh i re that's what i love about indie games um yeah. is just like obviously this was inspired by something powerful that happened in your life 
And it's right. just so cool that... Well, and that's the it, thing, like, just even looking at the artwork, and then, of course, like, you get a sense of, like, kind of, like, what the narrative could be from the trailer. It it, it feels so relatable, and there's it's just, like, saturated in truth, you know, which yeah. is, I think, which, it makes it really stand out, you know? And I, as far as I know, nobody's done a game kind of with this sort of theme. I haven't um, seen anything quite like it. Um, yeah. It, but, you know, since we're talking about game dev, too, I think that has been the th- the hardest thing for me is because I'm so personally attached to this project because it's so important to me. It's not like the 16 other games that I've made that I don't care about. Uh, it makes it so much harder, man. Absolutely. Because I like even I, and I, I'm glad that you guys like the art because I'm extremely insecure about that too. Like, oh, I it just, looks so good. It looks I, great. I'm yeah. not an artist by trade. <laughs> and like, I'm learning all that in vector art. I'm doing it like yeah. as we go. And it's, well, that's something uh, like been rough for us like because we started game dev last year and that's like the whole point of what our podcast is about is we didn't yeah. know anything and now we're trying right yeah. <laughs> and so i think that that's important to show and even having your maybe not from a marketing standpoint but from a game dev standpoint having the video up and then having the the other like big whatever yeah. you want to call it video behind it it just shows like how even if you have if you don't have art skills to begin with you can you can make them. You just have to start. It looks so cool, man. And it just, and it has like a tone to it that I just, I haven't seen. And maybe, maybe I'm not plugged into the indie scene the way I should be, but it just, it looks so fresh to me. Well, so, I mean, you mentioned being plugged in. I don't actually play a, a ton of games. I am very few, actually. A, a Way Out is the first game that I've finished in a long time. Oh, was how was that? It was amazing. I'm going to make a video oh, about it. Nice. <laughs> Heck yeah. That is a game that compels you with story. It nice. makes you work with the other person. And it is it is a fantastic version of a co-op game. But also, it's just a, a amazing story. My brother um, and I are going to – we're hopefully trying to stream that here pretty soon. We wanted to just do it in one sitting – God, it looks so badass. I'm glad you liked that. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't play a lot of games, right? So, like, it's weird. I actually have a video about this too, and that was probably the most controversial video I've ever posted, <laughs> talking about how you don't have to play games to make games, um, and that's an opinion, right? Like, a lot of people disagree with that, but for me, like, I have more fun making games than I have playing games. Um, that didn't used to be the way when I was a kid. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of what I'm creating is like partially inspired by what I played when I was a kid. Played a lot of Sonic, played a lot of, uh, you know, I used to play this Batman game on Sega yeah. that I loved. Uh, so that's why I like 2D games, right? Like it's just that. But I, I think the reason why the game does look so different is because I'm not pulling from the market like a lot of people are. I'm just kind of pulling from my head, which can be scary and <laughs> crazy and fucked up. But, you know, that's what I love, though, about any games like, you d- yeah, you don't have to fit a mold. And we so we have another yeah. podcast about um, it's a book club podcast. We always we I always talk about how I really like kind of venturing into the mind of the author. And I yeah. feel like it's the same with indie game, dev, especially when it's something written by several people like a really small team i love yeah. that same with film when you look at like some indie yeah. films you're really getting into the mind of the person who's making it and that's what's totally. most important to me and i think with what you're talking about as far as like ha- 
you're not talking about what the game necessarily is. You're talking about the story behind it. And like, like you're saying with your videos, getting off of the whiteboard and showing yourself and like you being a person that people can identify with. I think that they want to relate to whoever, you know, is making their media. And so that's what I love about like, yeah, that's terrifying too, though. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially, you know, if you're an introvert, especially if you don't like attention, especially if you're maybe not the best at communicating, it is terrifying to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's weird sometimes. I feel completely uncomfortable still because every once in a while I'll pop into a random Twitch chat or something and I'll just start talking and people will recognize me. And it's, that's weird to <laughs> me. I don't want that. Like, I, I almost feel like I need a different identity on the Internet to like, you know do that but yeah it's and it comes with its own set of you know everybody has opinions about you and all that stuff so right it's 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 definitely been one of the scariest things i've done in my life if i'm being completely honest both from the game perspective but also from the youtube perspective and it's weird how when you do the scariest thing you seem to get the best results yeah i dig that i do too so um so I guess we know you're working on Philophobia. We know you're making videos and doing that sort of thing. But uh, what does like a, a an average day look like in Tim Russwick's shoes? So um, I usually don't wake up till afternoon because I'm stayed up till four or five a.m. Nice. previous night. <laughs> um, sometimes sunrise because I got to fix that. But that's that's what it is for now. Um, I will I posted a video about how I was uh, depressed a couple weeks ago and so I've been lately I've been really trying to focus on that been trying to get some more physical activity uh, I down a whole glass of lemon water first thing when I wake up then I'll go for like half hour hour walk um, sometimes with the dog sometimes with not depending if the dog's here because uh, I dog sit um, oh. for my mom nice and um, it's that really helps me to getting the sunshine in the morning and getting the uh, physical activity. I think just kind of getting out there and then absolutely, yeah. I it's, it's I haven't been the healthiest person and I'm really trying to focus on that a lot. Um, and that has really made a big change. I've only been at it for about a month, but every single day, and I actually keep track of all that stuff like in a in an app where I can mark off every day that I do it and I keep my streak going. That's how I kept doing YouTube for 300 some days. It's just marking off, not wanting to break the chain, you know? Yeah. 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 It's like a slightly um, gamifying it in a way. Yeah. Pretty what much. app do like you use by the way? There's an app called habit bowl, uh, which oh, I use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it basically, you just, you tap on the calendar and then it's, you did it or you didn't do it. And it just keeps the chain going. Um, then after that, I'll end up back in, usually here and I'll spend a couple hours working on my game or working on uh, content or going off on random tangents, doing weird stuff uh, that <laughs> I probably shouldn't be doing, procrastinating. Um, <laughs> no. And then I have, I run a game dev underground elite, which is a, a Patreon group and uh, there's an accountability group in there. So we have people from, you know, we're I'm keeping them accountable. We're keeping each other accountable. That's really nice to be able to, we check in every two weeks and we have a, a video chat for our mastermind and um, everybody talks about what they want to achieve for their next two weeks. And so 
We have Smart. a big Trello board. I go in, I make sure everybody else is doing it, but also they make sure I'm doing it, which is nice. Um, and uh, after I do that stuff, I after working on the game a little bit, I'll usually take another break, you know, figure stuff out, and then I'll get a video done. I'll um, sometimes the videos don't happen till later, but most of the time they happen somewhat halfway light time ish. <laughs> um, but Light's sometimes overrated. I, yeah, sometimes I just don't bit. feel inspired till later in the night, and so I, I'll usually wait. Um, an idea usually always comes to me. Like for the past couple months, it's been I'll just wait until one comes, which is nice. Um, I didn't used to wait until the day before, but I've been doing that a lot lately. I'm not really sure why. It's one of those patterns. Um, that between working on the game, I take a few phone calls. I work on uh, client projects because I do um, games and stuff for hire. We build games and software. Uh, work with a couple of my, the team members. We have people that uh, work on various things, various projects, depending on what project we're working on. And uh, then I spend time in Game Dev Underground, community building, getting stuff done. I'm usually much more active between like midnight and 4 a.m on the community nice. side so it helps for other places around the world apparently i'm in normal hours so i just pretend like i'm a normal yeah. person <laughs> heck yeah that's the way I, to do uh, it just yeah. an international businessman where it happens to be dark right now <laughs> <laughs> pretty much but the, the community stuff i'm actually i was surprised i didn't realize how much work a community was until yeah. i started doing it i was just yep. like wow this is a lot of work you know yeah, we have. Yeah, we like, don't have n- nearly the community the size of yours, and uh, you know, we set out just trying to do a podcast once a week. And sometimes I feel like I'll look at everything that's going on. And there's things that need to be addressed and moderated and taken care of and building, and it's like, oh, I'm going to bed. I'll deal with that next week or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it can get overwhelming very easily. Well, it's it's hard, especially, and I don't know if you feel like this for for your community, but. For ours, I feel like we're on such a personal level with so many people that yeah. you feel kind of this responsibility to like maintain um, that yeah. positive relationship with them, like continue encouraging yeah. them, continue like playing their games or whatever it is, um, because we really want it to be a positive community. We don't want to be the the spotlight necessarily. We want it to be about everybody who's in there. Yeah, but. If you had, if you add that personal touch to everybody, once you get to, especially like thousands of people, I don't know how you could do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I, I can't anymore. I've actually stopped checking email altogether. <laughs> oh God, um, I envy you. <laughs> I, I just, I, I had to. There's just too many. There's like, um, and I feel bad, right? Like I don't. Casey Neistat posted a, a video the other day. I don't know if you guys watch him, but he posts vlog videos basically. And he, he talked about how he did this monologue where he talked about, I would love to give, you know, five minutes of my time or 15 minutes of time to everybody, but I, I can't. And it's, it may seem like it's simple or it seemed like it's stupid or it seemed like it's just five minutes, but it's not just five minutes when you add everybody together. Um, and I have to focus on, the biggest impact that I can make. And I feel like the biggest impact I can make is spending my couple hours on a video, pushing that out to thousands of people. You know, I feel like that is the place where my time is most focused and that where I make the biggest impact. It's the same reason, like a couple of people have asked me, um, 
why I don't have like Twitch subscription buttons or whatever. And it's because in the affiliate program for Twitch, uh, to affiliates and partners, you have to sign an agreement that says you won't stream to YouTube or Twitch at the same time. Uh, and I can't do that. I've, I don't make as big of an impact as I want. I'm not going to turn that down just for, you know, an extra $5 a month thing. I have to, my audience is on YouTube. I feel like I'm making the biggest impact there. So I'm focusing on the, the mo- least amount of time spent with the most amplified impact. And, uh, I think pre-recorded videos are there. Live streams definitely have their place, but they're not, are we are we disconnected alrighty hey guys so sorry discord decided to take a little nap on us while we were right in the middle of talking we can't even remember where we were going with it but rest assured it was the best conversation that you guys ever missed out on if you want to get it you can hit us up on patreon no I'm just kidding Uh, (laughs) um Uh, so let's do our best, I guess, to piece this back together. Nothing kills the mood worse than Discord taking a snooze on us. Well, um, I know we were talking about communities and things. Like- Go ahead, Taylor. I was just going to say, why don't I change up the topic? And I want to yeah, know yeah. a little bit about your your setup. Like, do you have a particular yes. engine you like to use or do you use Mini? Yeah. Um, um, my favorite engine is Construct 2. Um, nice. and a couple of years ago when I got back into game development, I tried a bunch of different engines. I downloaded them all and unity took me eight hours to get a ball rolling in 2d space. Uh, concert <laughs> two took me 10 minutes to get a platformer going. I was like, all right, well, let's go with that. And, um, I, ever since then, I've just, I've kind of fell in love. It exports to HTML like native. Everything's like in browser basically. And I just, I love that about it. And I haven't run into any features, that I don't like about it. Uh, Construct 3 is a, is another topic for another day, but uh, I really like Construct 2 a lot. Nice. So, and is it more of like a framework or it's a full engine with like a physics engine and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, it's got, it's got everything. It's built for 2D. It's got everything you can imagine. It's oh. basically, it doesn't have programming, which gets on my nerves sometimes. So it's just basically logic bricks. Mm. Uh, but I do... F- I do find that like it doesn't tend to slow me down because of the way that um, it has predictive typing and I can click add and just start typing something and hit enter and then it adds it. So nice. yeah, it's, it's actually, it's pretty cool. And that's the engine we're building Philophobia in. Uh, oh, that's wow. the engine I, I use for all it, for game jams. It's great because like the way that it works with the behaviors, I could just create an object and add like a platform behavior to it, for example. And then I have running and jumping working. That's um, awesome. Yeah, nice. it's really quick. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a couple guys in our community that use it, and they, for the last game jam, churned out some pretty cool games. Um, so does that, um, does that, is there, are there any challenges uh, with having, building like an HTML game in general? Like, is there not an option to build a standalone thing where you can like Well, that's the beauty to... of HTML is you can wrap it in anything. Uh, you can okay. wrap it for for Android, iOS, Windows, Linux, Mac, any anything at all. Um, that's what I love about HTML. And in fact, like because we were doing apps for for hire uh, for a lot of you know the business stuff, and th- it's just when I when I sell somebody an app and I tell them, okay, we can build this Android native, but then we're going to ha- charge you twice to build iOS app. 
right? And I say something like that, like, they're like, why would I do that? Why isn't there just one thing? HTML, I think, is that one thing. And when I can straight up say, no, we can build this in HTML, we can push it on Android, iOS, we can make it your native website, we can, if you ever have any, you know, if there's a new platform in the future, whatever, it's just... I think it is so beautiful uh, for for games, and I, the the, uh, the engine runs at sixty fps. I haven't had any performance dips. When you're using super heavy physics behaviors, it can get a little wonky. But you know, I don't have any complaints about it. I haven't run into anything that I couldn't do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I've never actually like spent the time to look at it. I'm I do Unity as you probably know, but um, I it's one of those things where. There's so many engines out there that are that pique my interest. Yeah. But I I don't know if I want to get distracted doing something else, you know? So now, that's my philosophy, man. Do what you're good at. And I'm good at it and I have no desire to make three D games at this point in time. So it's just what I'm good at. And it's weird because Construct Two is one of those engines that like a lot of people don't seem to know it exists. Like they're right. like, wait, what engine is this? It's not Unity, it's not Unreal. <laughs> Um, so I get a ton of questions about that and I get, uh, a lot of people think that I'm using the wrong engine and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, well I'm finishing games. What about you? Right. <laughs> yeah. I love when people got th- things to say like that. It's like, okay, <laughs> thanks for, thank you for your opinion. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Backseat driving. Um, yeah. Opinions are like buttholes as some people say. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can only have one. <laughs> Everybody's got one and they're good for shit <laughs> yeah. i mean my youtube channel is full of my opinions but you know <laughs> well that's the di- like some people have good opinions some people have shit opinions <laughs> well here's the thing so here, that's a beautiful marketing lesson too is well since we're kind of winding things down i think you have to learn to make people care right if someone comes in my twitch chat and i have 150 people watching and they state their opinion nobody cares nobody nobody cares right right but if I have an opinion on my Twitch chat, that's a different deal. Right. At least 150 people care because they're there to see me have my opinion, right? Like same thing with the video. And I think if there's one thing that you want to do right in marketing, you have to learn the art of making people care. However you do that is up to you. The platform you use, the words you use, how you do it, you know, what you say. That can be debated to history, but that is the important thing there. That's what you have to learn how to do. It's a skill. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and see, and I always, I always agree. It's like not necessarily like what your content is. It's not necessarily like even your opinion. It, it's all in delivery. Yeah. Always. You know, I, one of my favorite book series ever was written based on a dare uh, because the guy was like, somebody said, well, you can't write a book about just random dumb ideas. And he's like, want to bet? <laughs> <laughs> And so, you know, thus were born, like, the Dresden Files and the other one he wrote, uh, Codex of Alara, High Fantasy by Jim Butcher. So, um, That's awesome. Yeah, I think Codex, uh, somebody said, well, why, okay, fine, combine Pokemon with the Lost Legion, you know, or with the Roman Lost Legion or whatever, whatever that, like, myth is about that Legion that just went missing. So, he wrote this, like, alternative history, like, parallel universe story about Roman Legions who have elemental powers like Pokemon wow. and collect them all. <laughs> and it's like a best-selling freaking uh, book series. That's amazing. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah. Well, as we're getting to the end of this, um, I, I'm curious kind of what your vision is going forward, where you yeah. see Game Dev Underground going, um, or if you have like a particular date in mind, 
for your game to drop. We'd love to help promote it. There's a countdown timer on the website, Taylor. Okay. Yeah, sorry. it uh, it Valentine's Day 2019. Ah, okay. Uh, 299 days away. Yeah, I I did not want to extend it an entire year, but as you may know from listening to my experience in marketing, I think it is that important. Yeah. Um, and- I'd say so. When you talked about it before. Um, I thought that was like the most genius idea. And you were talking about delaying and doing all this stuff. And you were just like, there's no, there's just no way that it's not coming out on any other day other than Valentine's day. And I think that's great. It so. had to be. And, and the reason I didn't want to delay it is because I didn't want to delay it an entire freaking year. Yeah. But I, you know what it's, and that could turn out to be a good decision. It could turn out to be a bad decision. Like I, I'm more scared that the game is not going to be good enough than I am my ability to not be able to sell it. Like right. I think I'm, I'm be able to sell it anyway. Right. Like I have an audience, <laughs> I have, you know, people interested. I actually, at this point in time, I have more people sign up for Philophobia uh, list than I have on game dev underground, which blows my mind. Wow. Um, yeah, for real. That's that, really cool. That, that was, <laughs> that was shocking to me, but like it's the game scares me. And I think, like I said, when we were talking about contradicting ideas, um, about a year ago, I posted a video called Why Quantity is Better Than Quality. And basically, the premise was you should pump shit out. You should just focus on finishing. You should do stuff because I think quality comes from quantity. Um, and I did that. Like, I lived that for an entire year. I made 12 games last year. Um, and I've made like 16 total. One of them was this year. So, like, you could tell, like, I was, I was on, I was living that, living and breathing that. And, um, this is the first game where I feel the opposite, you know, like I feel so connected to the quality of it. I feel so connected to building the best thing ever because I care about it so much. And, um, to be honest, like a lot of the stuff that I teach on the YouTube channel is straight up struggles that I have with that. And I, I offer some solutions, but like, I'm still going through some of this stuff. Like I'm not some guru expert that's, you know, raining down advice on people i'm a dude that's like straight up trying to figure out why i'm spend four weeks obsessing over stupid shit that like i should just make a decision on that no one's ever going to notice you know right um and the game it's important to me and so i as much as i didn't want to delay it for an entire year i think that was probably the best thing that could have happened to it like you guys saw the trailer yeah <laughs> it's uh it's i didn't think game. it was bad i didn't think it was bad you can just tell that there's like new things added in the like clip that's at the top. So yeah, it's we'll and I have a new trailer coming out trailer. soon. I actually, uh, I'm 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 really going out of the grain on that. Like I have sent an email. I just filled out a bunch of paperwork to license a song uh, for the trailer that I think Heck is going to yeah. be really really important. And um, nice. a lot of people don't like do stuff like that, right? But I feel like the tone and the the type of music and all that is like super important. So we'll we'll see if that pans out. We'll see if it's budget allocating enough to <laughs> to pull that off. But um, it's it's a fun ride. It's a fun journey, and I want to share Great. more of it. Yeah, that's awesome. And in terms of uh, Game Dev Underground, you, you're gonna continue pumping out a video a day. <laughs> so I'm nearing the 365. Right, that okay. was the that was the goal. That was the goal. Um, I don't know to be honest. I really don't know. I know that like I have a website and I have a whole platform. 
that started Game Dev Underground. It's like a, a forum and it's got some productivity tools and it's got some resources and stuff. But I'm noticing that people just care so much about the content to where like the website has been largely ignored. And the website is starting to work now because of the content, because of all this stuff. So I'm at a point where I don't know if the website it, it needs to exist because we, we have a community outside of that. We have the content outside of that. And um, I don't 100% know the future, but I know this has been the most rewarding thing that I've ever done in my life. And it has been... Being able to see people finish their first game because of something that I posted is just amazing to me. Being the dude that, you know, couldn't finish a game in 10 years. So being, you know, being a driving force to help people do the things that I couldn't do when I was younger, I I feel like that's my purpose in life. And I have a, I have a tattoo on my arm. It's the only tattoo I have. It says, live, love, matter. And I feel like that's my to-do list for life. And... Game Dev Underground, I feel like, makes me matter. It makes it, It's like a purpose behind what I do. So I don't know the exact things that are going to happen, but I know it's not going anywhere for sure. And we'll continue to grow and we'll continue to help game developers however we can. That's great, man. That is great. Yeah, I don't think there's a better note to end on, Rhett. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess so. I, ha- oh, I had some lighter <laughs> things, but you know what? That was too rich, actually. So, um, yeah, Tim, I... <laughs> I hate that our, you know, we we lost you there just to come back and record <laughs> for a brief back. little yeah, ten minutes, but woo. <laughs> but yeah. um, do you want to share um, any links uh, or I guess if you want people to get in touch, how's the best way to to do that? Yeah, let's hear it. Um, you can just Google Game Dev Underground or Tim Russwick. Um, yeah, it's yeah the the YouTube channel's there. GDU.io is the website. Uh, at Tim Russwick is my Twitter account. Um, the Discord is like our main community thing, so I recommend you guys check that out. That is in the description of all my YouTube videos, and it's in the community tab on the uh, on the website. But that's where the I'll majority of people up. are. Yeah, cool. yeah. We'll we'll dig up that link and we'll post it in the show notes and all that sort of stuff, so people can find it. And of course, everybody heard me say it before, but make sure you check out phylophobiagame.com. We'll link that as well. Um, I know I'm not alone when I say I'm totally stoked for that one to come out. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you don't um, hate it. <laughs> the whatever, insecurities dude. of a game developer. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I know it's a, it's a double edged sword, man. But <laughs> it does look beautiful. I mean, yeah. You've gotten Rhett to to talk about it quite a bit. So <laughs> I think he's more than I have. So yeah. Maybe I have him as your spokesman. <laughs> hey, I just when I think when I see something that i like man i i go to bat for it so yeah. cool um so yeah go ahead and check that out make sure you guys uh hit that subscribe button on his youtube channel all that sort of stuff and uh, we'll make sure we put all the appropriate links in there um in the you know other than that you guys can also uh tweet at us we are at game devs quest uh you can email us gdq at airpodcast.com uh follow us on twitch twitch.tv slash game devs quest all that garbage um, and you can also join our Discord server. Um, and we highly encourage everybody that's in our Discord server right now, listening to this podcast, go hit up Tim, join his Discord server, check out what he's got going on. Yeah, invade uh, with that. you, cool. all you GDQ gremlins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Tim, we cannot thank you enough for finding some time to come on to our podcast and, and chit-chat with us about Game Dev Underground and all that sort of stuff. Um, you're thank doing you some amazing work. Me. And, you know, we love, we love trying to uh, inspire people. But honestly, like, there's just a way that other people can do it sometimes that we can. So that's why we love having differing, you know, uh, opinions and views and, and, and techniques totally. and tools and all that sort of stuff on. So um, we the really appreciate better. it, man. You guys are doing a fantastic job and it was a ton of fun to be here. So I appreciate it. Thanks, you man. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to have you on again sometime and uh, ho- hopefully before, before your game comes out so we can pitch that a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll make it happen. Awesome, man. Thanks, Tim. Well, appreciate it. I guess Bye. that does it for Game Devs Quest, guys. Thanks so much. Cute out music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes.